You are listening to the Unreasonable Fridays Podcast Network. Good morning, everyone. We are back with another episode of Ad Space. I'm your host, Aaron Rand Freeman, but not really. The actual host is here. The most delicious name in podcasting, Elise Bacon. Bacon, how are you? Huh? What's happening? Perfect. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Um, I'm back. So hey. I'm, hey, I'm just going to use this opportunity to officially announce that we're going to be moving to a bi-weekly schedule. Just because my life has exploded again in more unforeseen yet almost predictable ways. Are we uh, are we going over it? Uh, well, I found out that I'm pre-diabetic, um, and I'm having issues with my mood disorder, and I'm a, and it looks like I am now going to have surgery for my arm so i am and my rent has gone up so i'm a little overwhelmed right now okay that makes perfect sense yes <laughs> yeah, like a, no we're gonna we're actually now that we know that i know that when we get around to your date of your surgery we're gonna have a little bit of a gonna see if we can get some juicy fundraising get people to give you is just pay for your meals while you recover so we'll see how that goes but that's down the road yeah, I will not be able to cook. <laughs> so right now, though. So right now. If you right, want, go on. But right now, what I am doing to cope is by playing three different mobile games and Final Fantasy fourteen. Final Fantasy fourteen. I'm playing Final Fantasy fourteen, and with my guild co-leader, the one, the only, the voice of resonance, Justin. From the Three Fist podcast. I feel like you have elevated my station too high. Um, Co-leader is a bit lofty. Um, meat shield. I'll take that. I am a resident meat shield and bullet taker. I can uh, I can do that. Co-leader is putting a lot of responsibility. Um, I'm not sure if I can handle that level of responsibility. Because now I'm responsible for people's lives. And that's yeah, but you're 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 a tank. You're already responsible for people's lives, right? It doesn't matter. You are inherently a defender of life, just by stepping out and doing your job. It's the nature of being a tank. You defend so all the saying is, yeah. What you're saying is, I'm, I'm like a cop, just putting my life on the line every day. Yes. Which gives me an excuse to be racist. So what you're saying is I can be racist now. Yes. Because I'm I'm defender of life. Right. Yeah, so you can be just like all those other tanks. Right. God dang it. Right. <laughs> there you go, bud. Enjoy. This, this is what? You just you just, you just no ran. You just like ran. This, this is exactly. This is exactly why no one likes us. <laughs> tanks? Yes. I, I love tanks. This is why no one likes tanks. I just... Do you or do you love your tanks? 
I require tanks to do my job, but <laughs> I also require that tanks do their job or I will stop doing my job. Sometimes, sometimes intentionally. I am. Um, the funniest thing is just seeing uh, someone purposely ignore mechanics because they think they're better than the game. They think they are, they know more. And they say, I don't have to do that. And it's like, okay, I don't have to heal you then. I, I think, I think Justin has actually seen me do this a few times. I, I was, yep. I've heard it in the, <laughs> I've heard it in the background on one of your streams. Leave him on the floor. <laughs> I was like, oh, dude, fuck. I wasn't looking at the stream. I hear it in the background. I heard leave him on the floor and I looked and there was a guy on the floor and I was like, it, well. Oh yeah. I was, oh, I remember that one. I know exactly what that was. Um, <laughs> I was playing with Justin and his brother, and I think your brother's friend was with us too. And yes, and we were doing were we doing monastery? God, we're doing we're doing the monastery like in the last days of Stormblood. We're doing because everyone's trying to do their last their last runs of Stormblood content before Shadowbringers. They're all trying to get ready for Shadowbringers, so we're doing the monastery, and someone just continuously kept failing. And Bacon was just like, just leave him on the floor. Just leave him there. He's, they're fine. They're fine. Just leave them. They won't learn if we continue to encourage bad behavior. <laughs> I mean, that's completely was, true. Well, and it wasn't. It was just. Oh, we had two two people too. One of them was clearly new, and just didn't know the mechanics because they were trying. So I was just like, it's okay, buddy. Stand up. And then the other one just wasn't doing mechanics, and I'm just like. I need to leave you there. I am not resing you again. It's a waste of MP. I am not wasting my MP on you because uh, uh, raising somebody costs a lot of mana. And if they're going to keep dying. And so um, I can't remember who was playing a red mage, but I just flat out told uh, uh, LJ's friends. I was just like, don't pick him up. Right. And I think I even said, I don't even care if it's one of your friends. Don't pick it up. Right. <laughs> I don't know if you guys were on that. Uh, Did that person? Luckily, they're like, no, not one of ours. Okay. Yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> do people con? Do people try to ask you questions? Because that's usually what happens. Is people go, why? Ha why are you refusing to pick me up? Which is always the weird discussions. Like you've gone down eight times. Um, go on. Funny enough, in Final Fantasy, um, if somebody doesn't pick you up, the message is really clear. Mm. Okay. If you play an MMO, it's not getting picked up as a very clear message. Okay, I see it. Okay, I see it. That's fine. I have to have serious heart to hearts with people. They ask, why don't why did you, why aren't you picking me up? It's like you've gone down. I'm playing the Division, probably the closest thing to an RPG I play at the moment. And yeah, I'm just. Well, I have, no, the division is an MMO, right? And it's just like, I, people will go down. I have a friend of mine who specifically will run into situations where um, everyone in the room knows he's going to die. He's not going to survive the situation, and he goes down predictably. And he does it like five or six times every time we play. So I just don't pick him up. And then he's like, "Why did you stop picking me up, brother?" It's like, man. And that's the annoying discussion to have. I was like, you don't, you don't think you going down eight to ten times every mission is weird? Like, you think that's fine? Like, other people aren't doing it, and you're doing it, and you think it's, you think it's 
completely fair. That's that's the worst discussion. Like if you go down and you get the message, it's fine. You'll stop fucking around. But if you no idea, not even the foggiest. That's just that's a downer, guys. It's a downer. Yeah. That's all. You well, guys, it's part of the strategy because because I go in, I die, but I kill two. So really, it's a it's a net gain of one. So if you just keep picking me up, we can continue to net gain one. As I've as the, I've always said this to people who, because what they always say is they say I like to get into the mix. That's the that's the mediocre gamer explanation as to why they die all the time. I like to get into the mix. You know, I can't hang back like you, man. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Did I show you? I know I said yes. I did post that meme because I was roasting your friends with it. That meme where it showed like a wall that had the buttons of like a PlayStation controller. Right. It's like triangle. Stay yes. back and safe. Yes. <laughs> and then like it shows circle where it says like go one v five my <laughs> and it just says my dumbass teammates. Right. Yes, I remember that. Yes, that is that is it. Yes, get that action. Yeah. That's. Yeah. No, the funny part. It it was my favorite thing watching playing Destiny with your friends is because I am that person who goes one v five, but. It makes sense when I do it. Well, I think, and I've always said this, there is value in how you die and where you die. It doesn't really matter. Deaths are not created equal. So it's like there is value in it where you die and how you go down. Yes, as always. And you can go down. You can die in a useful spot doing something useful over and over again. And it's just not as ineffective as someone who is just literally bouncing off of walls of opponents harmlessly, harmlessly giving them resources. Or in the case of the division, the enemy the AI, they just swarm the body. If someone goes down, they just swarm. They literally run to the spot and stand there over the body. Like, like, like um, you'd be fighting humans. So it's like literally the shape of the battlefield changes when you go down. They're like, oh, he's got they're down a guy. Let's go get the rest of them. So yeah, it's um, don't die. Listen to me. Don't die. Stop dying in the games you're playing. Stop. Just stop dying. Doesn't matter what you do. Learn that skill first. I used to tell people, oh, you know, it's fine. It's not fine anymore. Don't die. Learn how to not die. Any game. Any game you're playing. Anything. Tetris. Fucking attack. Anything. Just don't die. That's all. That's it. I'm done. Don't even learn any other skills. If you don't die, you're fine. I remember I played Modern Warfare 2 a long time ago. I never forget. I was playing with a bunch of my guy friends. My friend's girlfriend comes on. Never played it. So we say, put on a riot shield. She puts on a riot shield, and all she does is point in the direction of the enemies. Doesn't die for games and games and games. Zero and zero, zero and one, one and one. It was great. Don't die. That's all we need. Don't die. Don't do it. That's it. I'm, I'm out. I'm not just going to throw my computer out the window. I'm done recording. I'm done with podcasting. You guys got it. I'm retiring on the spot. I'm out of here. Fuck this whole thing. I'm done. Fuck it. Fuck it. So about Shadowbringers, Justin. Which is why we're here. Because um, it's amazing. Before, hold on, but, but before we lose Aaron completely, fuck um, it. I have the perfect way to troll him. Fuck it. So what you're saying is, I said you value efficiency and contributions outside of counting stats. That's that is what you, uh, Bay Area resident, are saying. You value efficiency and contributions on the field 
over just pure counting statistics. Yes. <laughs> it took me a minute to figure out where this troll was going, and I think I figured it out. I have no idea. What are we talking about? What happened? What are we doing? Uh, basketball. I don't. Are you Golden don't, State are counting you, stats. Who is who is counting stats on Golden State? You mean my main man Kevin Durant? Nigga, everybody. No, you. You, you don't. That's the thing. So what you're saying is you don't value that you value contributions. You're not like a, a Daryl Morey or. A... Oh, listen. Um, yeah, the Rockets. Yeah, I didn't know we were going to. I don't I can't even go into that team that 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 is even <laughs> like I don't understand. Like he's like a Batman villain. Like he had a good idea and went like he's like this is how like the Riddler came about when a dude was smart and he had like a few good ideas and went way overboard. What's gonna happen? He's gonna get fired. The Rockets are gonna go a smooth twenty and sixty. He's gonna get fired and he's gonna appear terrorizing the city of Houston. He's gonna be the fucking numerator and be fucking killing people based on some complex combination of their birthdays and social security numbers, and no one's gonna be able to figure it out but Batman. Oh, that sounds like a fire investigation for Arkham Knight. Right. That does. The fucking get find the numerator. He's killing people because of the fucking combination of the fuck the combination of the date and time, birthdays, social security numbers, and addresses that only Batman can figure out. <laughs> he fucking he thought Russell he fucking he's like, I'm obsessed with stats. Only stats matter. So let me get Russell Westbrook. Let's do the thing. Which uh which goes have- back to something I've always said. At their core, all sports are just MMOs. Like, all sports are just RPGs. At yeah, their core, true. every sport is just, RPG, yes. just glorified RPG. Yes. And he is he has lost his ever-loving mind. I, he's going to... The only thing I'm going to say is they're going to have one guy standing 30 feet away from the basket holding their short. Every offensive possession for 82 games! He's like, I want all stats. I was like, you got a guy four on five is a very important stat. You can't play offense four on five over and over again. And literally, Chris Paul was right. They ran him out of town and condemned him to the Thunder, a team with no players on it, because he was right. Chris Paul is correct. You need to run plays. That's why we lost to Golden State. They run plays all the time. That's why they lost to the Raptors, because the Raptors ran plays. We don't run any plays, guys. You think this is fine? They jettisoned to the salt mines for being right. Oh, that was beautiful. He's oh, right. Chris beautiful. Paul is right. I need a shirt. Chris Paul is absolutely right. He's an asshole. A little shit. But he's so right. You can't win without running any plays in the NBA. You can't do it. Fuck it. Justin brought it. Why are you trolling me? Justin brought it up. I was not a sports show. I was gonna bring that shit up. Justin brought that shit to the show. He went outside. He went outside oh, the restaurant so and brought an so outside weird. food. Justin brought an outside food. We were here to talk about okay, 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 okay. I'm I'm okay with this because this is the most animated I've seen Aaron in like two years. This is wild. Yes, because I'm, this is this is oh, it was so worth it. <laughs> okay, I'm reclaiming my show from sports talk. Fuck it. <laughs> Speaking Uh, of MMOs, my God. (laughs) Okay, but that was great. I wholly, I wholly condone that trolling. That was amazing. (laughs) 
Thank you for that, Aaron. Um, but yeah, Shadowbringers is amazing. Um, actually, the last time I was on the show, we talked about the changes, um, the announced changes, and now we've had a chance to experience those changes. Um, so shall we start there, Bacon? How, how do how do you feel about the changes now that we've actually been hands-on with them for uh, for a couple weeks? How do you feel about the, the changes that we discussed previously and all the, the announced changes to Healer? The announced changes to MP management. Um, yeah. How are we feeling about it? Whew. Um, they took my DPS abilities away. Like, I now have, like, two. So it's a little weird. Um, the DPS rotation for Scholar just feels really off. There's it, there's just, like, a whole ability missing. Like, there's just... It doesn't... There's no flow anymore. It's very weird. Um, I suspect that they might make an adjustment at some point because it just doesn't play smooth. Um, somebody left a, uh, a rotation guide on my wall that made me laugh my ass off because it says Scholar's Rotation, and it's just, like, 12 Broil 3s in a row. And then they replaced all of the O's with the broil icon. And then there's like, th there's even one that's kind of flattened off to the side. And they went, oh, I dropped an extra broil over here. <laughs> because that's like all you can really do. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my God, why is this my life right now? Um, it's, it, it is really weird. Scholars weird right now um there's just not there isn't a rotation anymore really for scholar it's just based off of need at the moment and i think i've I, i'm pretty sure i've got the mp management uh part of it figured out because everybody's mana has dropped down to ten thousand. But Scholar has some special heals specifically that um, are extremely high mana cost. So it's a little hard to figure out, but I think I'm doing really well. Like, what do you think, Justin? How do you think I'm doing since you're my, you're my tank and everything? I think you were doing fine. Um, just one thing being on the receiving end of most heals, it seems like the changes they made were to force the healers to focus on healing. And I feel like all of the changes that were made for healer and tank were to force them to focus on their role, which is good for new players and people learning those roles for the first time. Um, but for more veteran and experienced players like yourself, like I've talked with you and V about this. By taking away all the extra stuff and only limiting you to be like, yo, you heal and that's it. And occasionally you can throw out some DPS so you can get through solo content. But really when you're doing group content, you're healing and that's all you're doing. That I can see how that can be a little insulting to veterans. Because it's like, yo, I had all of this variety and versatility. Now I just do the one thing. We already had a class that just did the one thing. That was White Mage. White Mage was your power healer. They were focused on healing. They really didn't have to manage anything else. 
Now, instead of bringing white mage to everyone else's level, what they've done is they've brought everyone down to white mage's level, right? Like for scholar, they've taken the pet management out of the pet class. Like that's what makes scholar fun. It's the pet management. And they've sort of taken that away from you. Yeah, they took all of the pet. I mean, I'm going to be getting some of it back. And I kind of like how they worked out the hot bars because instead of, I can now directly, I don't have to go to the pet hot bar and, and pull my pet abilities from the pet hot bar. I can now just straight up put them in random, in like correct places on my hot bar. Which is fine. So I'm not actually dealing with like three separate hot bars all the time. I'm just not. It's which I was doing. I I had to deal with like three separate hot bars all at the same time because they don't they don't let you uh, put them together. So they've they've fixed that, but they took away a lot of the scholar utility. But you but they slowly give it back. Um at higher levels, which is nice, except for the kind of utility it is. There's just, I liked the fact that Scholar was kind of convoluted and I understand that was kind of hard to pick up, but it was also very good. And it, it, it was an advanced class and, and now it feels like an advanced class because it's a struggle. <laughs> Right. Um, I, I have to assume when it comes to healers, some balancing will come with 5.1, 5, 5.2, 5.3, 5.4, 5.5. Um, but it seems like the overall the overall vision for all the classes is we are going to force you to do what we made you to do. With tanks, the only thing you can do now as a tank is tank. They, they, they have taken out juggling stances. You can maximize your DPS. Nope, you're not going to do that anymore because we've seen what you try to do with that. You cannot handle that ability, so you don't get to do that anymore. It's just it's just gone. You can't do it. Um, with like like we said with healers, it's just we just want you to focus on healing. We'll remove all distractions, even if those distractions are what made the class appealing in the first place. So I I haven't even looked at what they've done to monk. Um, I'm not ready. So my open, so, yeah. okay, so I don't have to change my opener hot bar. I don't have to change that at all, but I do have to look at it because I know they changed some of the abilities and they took out some of the abilities, but my standard rotation is totally different. And my standard rotation is the one that took me two out of the three hours to figure out how to do. Mm, yeah. So... And they changed some of the abilities in it and how some of them work. And I just looked at Monk and I just went, I'm not ready for you right now. I'm going to go level Machinist. Which is another class they completely redid. Um, so now it's more of a physical DPS pet class. Um, it is the physical, ver it, it plays like the physical version of Summoner. So that's cool. I... Dancer is fine. Gunbreaker is fine. Gunbreaker got a lot of love. Um, okay, can Gunbreaker do resurrection? And or am I like kind of? So what Gunbreaker can do 
is they have the opposite of living dead. They can heal themselves, but their main thing is the opposite of living dead. They bring their health all the way down to one, but they're invincible for like 10 seconds, I think, or something like that. So if they know they're about to die, they'll pop that. They'll get that one HP. So it's a, it's not a res, but it's a, I'm not going to die. But the penalty is I'm also, once this is over, probably going to die. Well, I meant res other people. Cause I swear to God, I thought a gunbreaker picked me up the other day. I don't, I will go through their skill list right now. Cause I don't think they can, but I want to make sure that we're giving you accurate information out there. In no, I was well. I was meaning to ask this because, like, I have no intention on leveling Gunbreaker because I you won't catch me dead being Squall. Um, I never played uh, eight. Yeah, I. Uh, That's my I, confession. I've never played Final Fantasy eight. Uh, I don't. I don't. Yeah, that is not my game. It's um, I. I do not relate to that game at all. I think that's what it was. It's just like I I could not and I think and I think Justin specifically if you like even if you like watch a synopsis of it and like the character personalities, I think you would understand why. Um because I cannot with the characters. Yeah, that's fair. I can I mean, really really the appeal of any Final Fantasy game is your attachment to the cast. Right. And you're gonna be spending so much time with them. If you if you don't like them, then Yeah, I just found them very annoying. But I really enjoyed twelve and nine and uh six. I think those have like some of the best cast out of all the Final Fantasy games. But Speaking of which, uh, oh my gosh, I don't even know where to get into uh, Shadowbringers. Uh, there's so much. My mind is just blown. I just finished the tw level 25 dungeon last night for the first time, and I did the cutscene after, and then my brain exploded, and I just, I don't know what to do with my life. The story is so good, and like the music, again, proves, like the musical score of Shadowbringers once again proves that... Final Fantasy XIV has the best music in all of gaming. I didn't think it could get better than Stormblood. Like, the Stormblood boss music is A+. Then I did that first dungeon for Shadowbreakers, and the synths come in, I was like, no. Then you start to hear the chorus in the background, I'm like, no. Then the guitar comes in, I'm like, okay, this is a perfect song. Like, this is a perfect boss song. Oh, but the, but that, the random battle music, like when you just walk oh, the through, jing, 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 I'm just like, oh jing, my jing. god, yes. it's so, oh, it's flames. Like it, it feels like, this sounds obvious, but I think it'll make sense once I say it. It feels like Final Fantasy battle music. Like it feels like I'm walking around, the screen has spiraled, and now the battle has started. That's how the music sounds. Yeah, it really does. It's so immersive. And so and and the music is really in key with the storyline. And of course, the storyline follows you to different areas. So like the storyline in one area is really intense and it's 
it's just sad. And the music itself, just running around the area, just doing quests. I was getting very emotional just doing quests because of the way the quest line was and tied with the music. I think this was in yeah. La I think this was in Lakewood. Well, so the the other brilliant thing with the music, I don't know how deep in the spoilers you want to get, so I'll try to talk around it. But each zone changes after you do something, and the music changes after you do the thing. And where one zone it felt downtrodden when you got there, the music was very oppressive. Once you do the thing, the music now is still sad and forlorn, but there's an element of hope there. Uh, or, so just, just not just the story, but the way the environment tells the story around you, it 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 plays very well. Like th this is narratively, this is an amazing story. It is, and oh my gosh, they they just did so many clever things, um, <laughs> not just with the quests, but with like the um, solo instances, like. Um, in in one of them, they're really utilizing the chat feature where you have to, like, there's these people and they just don't trust you because they don't trust outsiders for very valid reasons. And so you go up to them and you speak to them in their language to get them to relax. And you have to say different things to different people all over to try and, like, get them to understand, like, no, really, I'm on your side. Or... um in the same area, you have to go inside these ancient ruins. And I'm I'm like, am I playing an Indiana Jones game? Like, what? Because you have you actually have to like hide. No. You have to hide from some of these robots. You have to there's there's a full-on floor puzzle you have to do. It was I've just never seen an MMO do this stuff before. You know, I looked at that floor puzzle and I was like, ha, I played Pokemon Red and Blue. I know what I'm doing here. Can't fool me. Um, the other, So the other great thing about that specific uh, instance, did you get hit with the curse? Uh, yes. Wait. How many stacks of the curse did you get? I only got one. With each increasing stack, the narration changes. So first it's like you begin to feel heavy. You begin to question your existence. You begin to wonder why you continue plotting through life. And it's like, oh, I'm going insane with this curse. And I don't know if I broke the game or if I was supposed to do this. Because I'd picked up 20 stacks of the curse because I'm like, well, I'm cursed once. May as well just kill the robot. That was a dumb idea. Um, it went down eventually, but I damn near killed myself, but I use living dead, which makes me invincible. But the thing tried to kill me. And then I guess since it's like, we technically killed him. So curse over. I'm like, did, did you just break the did game? Did I just loophole? I'm like, I'm pretty sure I just loophole my way out of the game, out of the curse. 90% sure. I just loophole my way out of this. Um, but no, it, it, it 
the puzzles are fun and inventive and engaging. They they at no point do they feel like time wasters. Like there's a jumping puzzle. I hate jumping puzzles outside of platformers. I hate jumping puzzles that aren't in platformers. There's a jumping puzzle in this game, and I was like, this is actually really fun. It was like I'm thoroughly enjoying myself. Wait, here. I've I've come to the jumping puzzle, right? Nope. Okay. I mean, you probably come to a jumping puzzle, but there's another one. Oh, okay. um, yeah. And I'm like, I, I normally hate jump. Like when Destiny tries to do jumping puzzles, I'm like, I hate this. This is dumb. This is stupid. Why are you trying to make me do this? Why I shouldn't have to change my jump skill just to complete this raid so I can stop missing the ships. Like this shouldn't be a thing. But in this instance, I was like, okay, this is actually pretty, this is pretty fun. Like I, I, I it makes sense here. Right. Well, uh, and I think that's part of the narrative, the narrative where it makes the narrative is so immersive that you really get into your character and you get into what's going on so like nothing feels pointless we're we're not we are so far past the get the drunk guy this wine bottle or sniffing chocobos or sniffing chocobos like that 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 is an actual question to end out to that five. I think we have to sniff a chocobo for some reason. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. The some of the some of the two ser series quests were weirdly tedious. They were just bizarre and tedious for like no reason. And we just we just haven't been back there. And I'm very glad we have not regressed. Although I felt like we regressed a little bit with the um, the last alliance raid. I hope that never happens again. But it's okay. Uh well that that was narratively regret. What was aggression to some um, was complete nostalgia filtering for me, so I excused all narrative choices made because I'm like, this reminds me of my favorite Final Fantasy game, so I will excuse every narrative choice made in this raid, even though it makes no sense. Right. It, I was just like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, like the story that actually surrounded the raid made sense. Yes. The the weird filler quest, I don't know what the hell it was, didn't make sense. And of course, like. I did I did the Void Arc series and I need everybody to do the Void Arc one because the Void Arc one also makes the it's so good. Well the I guess I knew this, but I didn't have an appreciation for it until Shadowbringers. The game assumes that you've done all of the previous content before the expansion comes out. Yes. So the raids, alliance raids, EX primals, like everything extra that comes out, it's not mandatory, but the narrative will assume that you've done these things. So Shadowbringers opens up with a reference to the Crystal Tower. If you haven't done the first alliance raid, it will make no sense to you. Yeah. Because the, it, the, the whole first part of Shadowbringers is a reference to the very first alliance raid, and it will make no sense if you haven't done it. It literally will make none like that. They're talking about Zodiac. Yeah. And that's all the first Alliance raid. I'm so, so I'm so glad they made that like relevant again. It's so good. You have no idea. 
Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. Um, so excited. And then they also just made other just quality of life changes, like small things that, that seem inconsequential, but actually matter a lot. They changed how certain achievements work. Um, one of, for the fates, you're, the achievements were you have to you have to ace rank a fate in every ace rank a different fate in every zone. They just, now you just have to ace rank ten fates. That we're not going to make you run around. That's that's wasting your time. Um, they also incentivized going back and doing the fates because really there's no reason to do the fates other than your challenge log. Now they've created an economy based on beating fates, trading in your rewards for fates for stuff and items that you may not be able to get otherwise. Um, so it, it, Shadowbringers is great. I am curious to hear and listen more from people who play WoW or other quote-unquote more established MMOs. Um, because when I when I go just look at uh, message boards and just read comments preparing for today's podcast, I saw I, I read a lot of comments saying, "Hey, yo, this sounds really dope. I wish the MMO I was playing was doing these things." Right. Well, and that's so. that's the thing too is that like I think you have to remember that Final Fantasy fourteen is actually an established MMO. It's been around for several years now. Uh, the first instant, well, the what around they they scrapped everything and rebuilt it in 2013. Yeah, we're in we're and, in 2019, and the my original, guy. Yeah, and the original dropped in 2011? Question mark. That sounds about right. Yeah. I'm sorry, 2010. Yes, because I was playing uh, Final Fantasy 11 and at that time, and um people in the guild went to go play Final Fantasy fourteen, and then they came back. Yeah. Um, and again, the, just the history of the development of Final Fantasy fourteen is just, it's fascinating. Like, it, it dropped in 2010. Um, it had a largely negative response. Most of the negative response came from implementation. They, uh, they didn't like mechanically how the game played or mechanically how certain choices were made they're very intrigued by the story and so squeenix makes the decision you know hey people don't like this we're actually losing money on this what do we do and they said they said we, we can either just scrap this and you know do something else or we can try to build off of what we already have and they said now we're just going to build off of what we have we've got a brand new development team literally destroyed the world in one of the coolest cutscenes. Like they made an event out of resetting their servers. Um, it's not a spoiler. This happened six years ago. It's actually right. critical to the. This isn't a spoiler. And it's and it's the like elder the, god. Sorry, it's it's actually the core of what Final Fantasy fourteen storyline is. Like they reference this all the time. So the thing you're trying to stop in Final Fantasy XIV before 2.0, you don't stop it. The bad guys win. Bahamut shows up and breaks the world. Um, and then five years later, you have to pick up the pieces. So five years later, the city state still exists, but you know everyone's still reeling from the from the Bahamut attack. People are slowly putting their lives back together, and now we have a new crisis that we have to try to to to, to fix. Um, but that's the decision they made. And that, that, that is a wild decision to make. Like, that is just a bold decision to say, hey, 
we think we have something special here. We just have to change how we did certain things. The core of what we have, the, the characters, the narrative, people like that, they just didn't like mechanically what we did. So they switched up the mechanics completely, changed how certain things play, um, downgraded the graphics. They say, look, we'll sacrifice graphic quality for a smoother gameplay experience. And it worked. Um, and they've been rolling ever since. Realm Reborn, critically acclaimed. Heaven's Ward, critically acclaimed. Stormblood, not as highly rated, but people appreciated the new classes and the new quality of life changes. And Shadowbringers is critically acclaimed. Right. Shadowbringers right. is already critically acclaimed and it's been out like not even a week. It's it's just unbelievable. I it is so good. I am I am so emotional. I've never been this emotionally invested in an MMO and I really love story. I love lore and the lore in this game is it, it's all lore. It's all lore and they tie it into every single piece of the game and on top of it they don't just have like the native lore they like pull stuff from other um old squaresoft titles into the game like it's not just final fantasy it's also like the secret of mana like the dwarves were actually in secret of mana (laughs) Lali Ho! Like, oh, wow. Yeah, you didn't know that? They're in Secret of Mana. I did not make that connection. Yeah, there's there's a lot of cross between, like, Final Fantasy and the uh, Tales of Mana. Like, there's a lot of crossover. Like, like Square, Square and Square Enix they do specific crossovers between all of their games. It's kind of one of the things that makes it really special. And it's in part of why the whole like Monster Hunter Final Fantasy 14 crossover event was so good. And it also just wasn't surprising. It was really, really good. And the the new raid is gonna be uh, based off, is gonna be uh, near Automata. And I believe it's gonna be, um, I think the music is, gonna be by the same team right yep yeah uh, so it's yeah I, I, I love how aaron already knows this information well and... i, I when i is the first thing i did was listening to the um as much of the Shadowbringers soundtrack as they put on youtube currently so but i was listening to it and I was like, this sounds like near automata's music yeah it's the same guy right and i was like okay and then there, that's why i was like okay because it just sound, it sounds so much like it and i was like oh this is actually you know yeah so there's actually a raid and everything i was like oh more music in the- yeah yeah Come yeah on. i was gonna say speaking of near um yes i guess i have to actually i guess i have to actually play near now that we're getting a raid based on uh near automata yeah i have to play near but i'm gonna i'm gonna wait till i have time to do it and i know I know Aaron Bapp is going to, he's just waiting for me to play it. Like he hasn't, he's only messaged me a couple times saying I need to play it. He hasn't like really poked at me, but I feel it where he's just like, they can play near, turn on your Xbox, play near. I like hear it in like, like off to the side behind my ear, like all day, like a little ghost of Aaron Bapp. We had a, we had a heart to heart, Aaron Bapp and I, it was like, listen up dog. And he told me like, 
yeah, like you ever hear when like a nigga's about to go to prison and family members trying to get in front of it they're like listen you can't keep doing this he talked to me we had a serious real nigga chat about the importance of me playing near Tom. this is before it got announced on xbox like it was on ps4 when i was like circling getting a ps4 because of all these games that i couldn't play and it popped up on xbox and i never forgot this serious heart to heart chat he was, he was trying to keep me out of prison he was trying to keep me from fucking my life up by not playing near automata and uh yeah it's totally worth it absolutely absolutely uh, yeah absolutely amazing game so yeah play it everybody play it play it play it do the thing play it all of you play it justin play it everybody play it no i will i will play it it i'm just you know playing four different things right now where i'm a leader in all four for whatever when you need a day off from being management how am i management in all of my games I have always maintained that the biggest gaming progress is always made during times of great crisis. That's when all the good builds come out. That's when all the good grinding happens. That's when the raids happen. Management. All that shit happens when life is crumbling down around you. And only then. So it's only fair that you're staring down the barrel of some massive life changes and decisions. And of course, you're you're, of course, you're management across several different games. Of course you are. It's only fair. It's the way of the world. No, really. I actually am management across the... I I have... I am a leader of a... Of, I'm leader of the Final Fantasy Guild, and I have a leadership position in three of my mobile games. I had to... I had to coordinate a guild merger the last couple days. <laughs> Those are not fun. That, that is... It's like actual HR work. No, no, no. It gets better. We were migrating kingdoms and then merging. That sounds like an actual HR undertaking that people hire staff for. I'm, I'm, yes, that's what I've been doing with my life. (laughs) And, and it was, it was actually, okay, so this is really funny. And I have to, I have to tell this story. We're going to just break off from Final Fantasy for just a minute because I have to tell this story because it is a perfect example of a um, very salty gamer. It's just pure salt. I'm dealing with him right now, actually. It's just, well, kind of, I'm not directly dealing with him because I'm, I'm busy, but salt. So. I play this more relaxed war game. I call it my chill game uh, called Rise of Kingdoms. Uh, no, sorry. Yeah. Ri- Ri- Rise of Kingdoms. I can-, I can never remember if it's Rise of Kingdoms or Rise of Civilization. Pretty sure it's Rise of Kingdoms. But it reminds me of Civ. Like, it literally reminds me of a mobile war game version of Civ. Like, you have, com- like, all of your commanders are real commanders from various parts of history. Like, you level them up. When you start in, the map is all full of, like, stuff. Aaron, stop laughing at me. I'm not, laugh- <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. I'm here for this. No, you're laughing at me. Fuck you. <laughs> um, the worst part about we actually use webcams when we uh, record so I can see his face, and it's twitching, and I just, just want to throw something at it, but he's in another state. Hit, throw something at the monitor. Do it. No, I like this monitor. This is the nice monitor that uh, Tyler helped me with. Be the best. Throw something at it. No. Show my show my any- stupid face. There you go. Anyway, like when when you join in, like the map is all full of 
like mist. Just what is it? It's totally unrelated. I will tell you when you are done speaking. It's nothing to do with you. I would never laugh at your. I would never laugh at your professional endeavors. I, I told you that, that I'm ultimately supportive. I support <laughs> all of your management position. God damn it! So, God, I'm now like distracted. I fucking hate you. You're gonna have to edit this. I'm extremely handsome. <laughs> I understand. It's completely distracting. I'm sorry. I'll just turn off my camera. I understand. I'm very sorry. Oh really God. terribly handsome. I'm sorry. To all the listeners, I'm sorry. I won't record with webcams going forward. I understand completely. <laughs> ah, I hate you so much. Anyway. So anyway, we have this alliance and we've we've been in there for a while clearly i know everybody in it i've been playing with them for several months it's it's really great somehow i ended up as a rank four position for whatever reason i don't understand but we have a tiny baby alliance that is our academy so like lower level players when they as they get up in a higher level then they come into our alliance it's totally fine well Another alliance decided to attack our baby alliance and steal two points of territory and this like giant marker that gives buffs. It's called an altar. And we're like, the fuck? So we go in, we take back some of our territory, and we attack the guy for good measure. Well, we actually, no, we take some of our territory back. And then, you know, our our leader sends the leader of the alliance of the alliance who attacked our our baby one a message to stand down. And that guy basically told our leader to go fuck himself. So we're like, oh, really? So we went in and we took more territory and then we attacked him a few times for good measure. Cause it's a war game. That's what you do. This person. <laughs> has been on king has been on the world chat for a total of seven to eight hours at this point complaining about how we uh broke our alliance with him we're no longer allies we are liars we are snakes he has called us cunts jesus christ he keeps calling us snakes and saying that like we had an agreement with him over that stuff, which we didn't. He actually had an agreement with the former owner of our baby alliance before it became our baby alliance. It was a whole nother guild, essentially. And then it basically like disintegrated and we took it over. So it's not it's not the same thing at all. It has none of the same management. Of course, none of the same deals that had been made in the past would happen and by the way it's like a month after he had made that deal anyway so i don't understand and so set like seven to eight hours he has posted screenshots in the world chat of us attacking him <laughs> what the fuck like literally of his defeat so it'll say this person attacked defeat this person attacked defeat and he's like look they attacked me they, they are snakes. They are liars. What kind of white woman bullshit is this? For eight hours. Well, what was his goal? I, to speak to the manager. I don't. <laughs> who, who's the manager? And the best part is, is he's like, 
he's calling on all these other alliances to come and attack us and avenge him, but half of them don't exist anymore. And the other half are really cool with us and literally don't care. Like one of us consider like has in their profile that we're family. So I just want you to understand it was eight hours. Eight hours of just salt for everybody on this like little server to see. Jesus Christ. Just eight hours. For eight hours, that's harassment. Yeah. Like I'm a, just Yeah, that's harassment, Mike. That's a harassment, my guy. Yeah. I just I just have Yeah, you gotta call the cops. Like, who do we who do we call? Like how I've just People amaze me, and I'm I'm finding that like the mobile game world is entertaining me right now because people are people are wild. Right. This is this is like wild on like another level than Call of Duty wild. Hmm. And I mean, I get why these communities tend to attract toxic elements, um, but it's still just wild to watch it happen in so many different. So many different gaming communities all have the exact same problem. No, they all have the exact same problem. It's wild. Just wild. It, um, it is why we appreciate you, Fearless Leader, for cultivating a space for people to just exist on um, our tiny little slice of the Cactar server of Final Fantasy XIV where people can just exist and they don't have to do things like defend their very existence or debate their own humanity. Mm -hmm. No, I absolutely refuse. I have to do that shit on a daily basis. I'm tired, about, I'm tired of doing it in my video games. I just, I need at least one space in my gaming thing, in my gaming where I can just freely talk about whatever I want. Like, I find it a little bit sad because I, I, you you know me. I don't code switch anymore. I yeah. co I code switch in video games. Like you will not catch me dead saying nigga on any video game, unless I'm in a party chat with y'all because that's different. <laughs> like there will be no anything because I just I don't want to deal with it. When I had to step away for a little bit because of pride, I just said, I'm going to be partying for three days. Don't count on me. I didn't, yeah. say, I didn't say what I was doing. I just said, bye, I'm going to be partying for a few days. Now, of course, all the pictures that my drunk ass posted, like in all of the communications were clearly of me at pride, but there's only so much I can not say. <laughs> but I yeah. do. Well, when, you, when you told us you were going to be out for the weekend, we're like, yeah, we, we know what it is. If we get a call from Bacon, they will be a hundred percent turned up. Right, but y'all know, and that's the important part about having our our guild our our guild on Final Fantasy fourteen is small, but I want to make sure that it's the safest, least stressful place I can make it. And I know it's just not possible to make a safe space. But if I can do what I can, I'm going to. 
So if anybody is looking for a friendly, casual Final Fantasy uh, guild, if you're interested in Final Fantasy, I have a queer, trans, friendly, uh, uh, people of color friendly FC, and I will, and I own it, it's mine, I will kick out anybody who encroaches on that. Absolutely. I have no issue keeping the FC small to keep it okay. I just don't want, I don't want the same level of toxicity that I see everywhere else in Final Fantasy, especially because I love that game so much. Yeah. And... and... What were you going to say? Oh, no, I was just going to say, and the way... I understand that it's hard. Well, no, it's not hard, but on an enforcement level, once you have the rules in place, the enforcement can, you know, it, it, it follows, but it can be hard for these companies to sort of enforce safety in their spaces. But 14 does give you a lot of tools to help you cultivate and make your own um, safe spaces. So randos in the duty finder giving you problems or pickup groups giving you problems. We offer up um, our guild, a place where you can learn the game. Even if even if you just you you don't want to do all the heavy stuff, you don't want to do the bonus bosses, you don't want to do the raids. That's cool. We're here to help. We're here to support you in whatever you want to do. That's fine. I'm gonna do the heavy stuff, but you don't have to. We don't we right. don't require anybody to do any of that stuff, even though it's something that we definitely want to do. Um, well, just because it's fun, like especially if you. I think the best times we've had playing this game is when we roll up into a party six or seven deep. Yeah, and then we just fuck up. I love it. It's just really funny. Like we, when you hazed us and had us do Titan EX, uh, we had a full group. There were no randoms. It was just us and a lot of death. And it was the most fun I've had playing this game. We were just laughing, dying in the most absurd ways. Well, I... <laughs> it's not hazing it's a lesson so that's what they say while they're hazing you it's not titan e titan ex is a fantastic introduction into trials it is the first one but it is difficult but it's only difficult because it's very mechanic specific and so if you want to teach somebody how to do trials you want to get them and you want you want them to realize how mechanic specific some of these are and i think titan ex is a really good one i think it's easier to teach than rama ex and rama ex isn't hard it's just kind of hard to teach and i don't and titan ex isn't hard to teach it's just hard to implement but not teach yeah it's fair that's so, like so Rama, Rama EX is a lot of precision. Titan EX is a lot of, hey, do this at this point. Yeah, that's fair. Right. Titan EX is very much do this at this exact time when this is happening. You have clear phase changes where the music changes distinctly for each phase. And it's hard because of the because of the permanent kill, like the permanent death in that one. It's less, it, 
it's a harder lesson than using Garuda. Yeah, because at this point you can just blitz through Garuda and actually ignore the mechanics and be fine. Right. You can't blitz through Titan and ignore the mechanics. I mean, you can blitz through Garuda and ignore half of the mechanics even like before Heaven's Word came out. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, Garuda X is really easy. Um, like, I remember the, the first time we did it, we just cleared it first try, and I was like, oh, that EX trials aren't that bad. And then you and uh, Danny were just like, ha-ha, here's Titan. Right, and then Efreet EX is, like, really annoying because it depends on everybody doing exactly the right thing. Right, and there's no margin of error. There's no margin of error, so it's really annoying. I'm like, ah, oh, the DPS usually fuck up that one anyway. So okay, yeah, it's... so they're they tunnel vision instead of instead of burning the thing they're supposed to burn, they just look at the boss and say someone else will do the nails. Right. Oh, speaking of trial bosses, because clearly I haven't done the EX bosses, but I have to say I really love Titania. And I also really love the Pixies as a whole because I noticed, and I don't know if this is just because of the localization, because again, we are dealing with English. It's, the Pixies are all very gender neutral, but they refer to Titania as him. Yes, that is an intentional choice. Right. And... None of these pixies look like what you would think of as masculine. But that's why I love it. Because, like, I don't know if you've seen traditional artwork of pixies. Like, the, the artwork matches very well. And I, I love how they all have old names and accents. That makes me so happy. But, yes, you have, and Titania is fucking gorgeous. He is gorgeous, like just a beautiful dress. And like Titania's wings are just these like vibrant uh, moth shaped wings that are just beautiful. Ugh. It's such a beautiful boss. Yeah. But I and really. It will kill that. you. Yes, I spent three hours on that. Um, the so one one complaint about Final Fantasy updates, um, if they if you know you can take this as a complaint, I don't take this as a complaint. But one thing that keeps getting brought up is the updates are very formulaic, right? Like you can expect you're going to get five dungeons, you're going to get three trials. You can predict where they're going to happen in the story, what levels you're going to need to be, and I'm like. Okay, so I know what I'm getting into. I know what I'm paying for. I'm not going to be surprised. This isn't like Destiny where I pay $35 for an hour story in one strike. No, but I... Like, I, I know what I'm, I'm getting. Right, but I I think formulaic is good. Like, right. that that's good. It also tells me, like, when I need to play, when I have need to have stuff ready by. It's it gives you a chance to succeed. There's no, it's not a surprise. I think that's good. 
And one of the things that I like that they did is that they made it so the quests scaled to your level. So you don't have to worry about if you pick up an older quest because you had missed it, it scales up to your level. It is, it is, um, I can't, I can't think of the word. <laughs> Dang it. But it's, it's okay for your level. So it's, yeah, I can't think of the word. I lost the word. Damn it. But I think you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Relevant. Yeah. It is relevant. The quests stay relevant. And that and was a fantastic you... quality of life change. Yeah. The again, something as minor as scaling the quest to the current level of whichever whatever class you are inheriting the quest in, that's a great way to level your alternate quest. It gives you a reason to go back to the side quest. And then doing those side quests, you pick up a lot of the lore of the world and a lot of the lore of the areas, and it just makes everything feel more lived in. Um, if you want to fly in an area, you have to pick up a certain amount of Aether Current quests. But what they do is they bait you with the Aether Current and say, cool, you've got your Aether Current, but the question isn't over yet. Don't you want to find out what happens next to this character that you just invested 15 minutes in? Well, here's another quest. You can find out more about that person and, and sort of fill out and flesh out these different areas like it, it it's great right and all I, of I have and all of the aether currents are at quest points yes every single like one I, of them I is think, at a quest point i think with Shadowbringer, they finally decided to stop hiding them I'm just well, saying, hey, here you go they didn't they didn't hide them as much in stormblood like god I think I flew you around for your heaven's word aether currents. Yes. Yes, you did. Because the heaven's word ones were god awful. But the stormblood ones followed they were in the relatively the same area as your story quests, but now in Shadowbringers, they are in the exact same area as their story quest like i was doing a story quest i turned around and i saw one behind a tree i was like oh or like i was in i was in like this pyramid area and i turned around and i saw a pyramid i saw it like right up next to the pyramid which is exactly where my story quest was there is a cutscene you will get in your next area a very emotional cutscene. If you haven't already picked up the Aether Current, you will see the Aether Current in the cutscene. That's really funny, actually. <laughs> and I think I think that was intentional because if you don't see it there, you won't think to look but like, oh, right, there should be an Aether Current around here. I just got punched in my stomach. My feels are all out of whack. Oh, right, that thing I need. Let me go get that while I dry my eyes from the tears. So the I think the last thing that we, we we touched on story, we touched on quality of life, we touched on mechanics. Uh, we haven't touched on characters though, which is kind of hard to talk about without spoiling. Yeah, I no, we can't talk about the characters without spoiling. Do you want to return to it at a later date? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, let's return to it uh, after I've beaten the, after I've beaten the main story quest because I haven't beaten it yet. I'm at I'm at 
level 75 story quests, even though I'm level 77. Um, I will say that. Okay, so I can, I can talk around it this way. The antagonist in this game, it's a fresh take. Um, especially the the sort of main evil empire. It's a Final Fantasy. You're gonna have an evil empire, right? The main evil empire. I found myself hating them the minute I met them. And it's supposed to be diplomacy at that point. We don't know they're the evil empire, but I got there and I said, I hate everything about this place. I can't wait to kill you. I don't know how I'm going to kill you. I just know at some point in the story, I'm going to kill you and I'm oh. going to enjoy it thoroughly. Oh no. Oh no. We can talk about him. That's fine. Okay. No, that's not that spoilery because. Okay. So here, here is a, a, an overview of a light spoil a light to not spoilery overview of Shadowbringers. Um the point so we all know the balance of light and darkness, right? We always go like, oh, the darkness is taking over. You must conf you you must convert with light. I'm saying not in this, I'm saying overall. Okay, okay. So this, the way this story is, is like what happens when that balance goes out of whack? There is no more balance. But it's not because there's too much darkness. It's now because there's too much light. And the light is killing everything. It is destroying everything. The monsters are literally called sin eaters. Oh, dear. They just, they, they like take people and like they, they eat, they eat people and they create more sin eaters. So this world that you're in is awash with light because the balance was overturned. So the light is deadly. There's no, there's no night sky. It's bright light all the time. Everything is glaring. It's, it is, I have never seen light depicted so beautifully and harshly at the same time. Would you say that? Yeah. Wouldn't you say that's right? It is aesthetically pleasing and oppressive. Like the light is an oppressive force in this game and you feel its oppression. Right. And they, there's a spoiler thing I can't talk about that was able to stop the flood of light from destroying everything, but there's only a few cities left. And there is this one city called Yulmore, which has, it, it was like almost Hunger Games-esque, my God. No, it... it 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 was when you the first two people you meet from Yomir, the first thing I thought of was the the Hunger Games when they're recruiting Katniss. Well, except for there's two differences here. The people didn't want to fight, and the people actually want to go in. They want to go because Yulmore is talked about as a paradise. Yes. Yulmore is a complete paradise where essentially like all the rich and wealthy condensed into the city and now they they live without cares. Everything is provided for 
food is provided for, clothing, everything. So it's just, if you took all of the rich and wealthy and you put them all in one city and they all just lived in their decadence and squalor for the rest of their days. That's and a, and outside of Yulemore, you have the shanty towns of the people that want in. Right. And a they, select few are chosen. And it, that whole system was just so gross. I can't wait to kill the ball. I can't wait. I can't, just, I can't just, wait. I can't wait. I cannot wait to kill him. Um, but like he they actually feed they made the people in these shanty towns dependent on food from them. They actually give them a type of food that became a staple for the people in these shanty towns, like to survive. They make everything out of it. So when they come and they're like, hey, who's going to win the lottery or who has a skill that we can use that and that way you can come into Yulmar and live your life in paradise. Um, they then at that point when they take two people to keep also people from rioting at not being chosen, they give them all of this food as like presents to be like that they use in their everyday life. Literally bread and circuses. It's literally bread and circuses. The two people who come out to collect people are twins dressed as jesters. Uh, if you've seen the hunchback of Notre Dame, the Disney version, what was the, oh God, what was his name? The jester, but they're, they're styled in that manner. Um, and if you're listening to this and you're thinking, wow, that sounds great. If I can cook, I can just go into Yulemore. It's exactly what you think happens. You're not free. You are bonded to whatever person has recruited you. Right. So a person has to recruit you and sponsor you, and you have to essentially be their servant while they are, they call, they, um, they are called patrons. And you have to work under them. And if you displease your patron, you get, you can get kicked out. And kicked out can mean literally thrown over the walls. So. And by the way, yeah. this, this city is built on a cliff. So thrown out of the over the walls usually means to your death. And the leader of Yulmore is this grotesque man. You can't tell me he's not a sin eater. Yes, I can. No, you can't. He's definitely part Sin Eater. I can't wait. He's Hold that a, thought. I can't wait. He's got a face on him. Okay. I hate you. Uh-huh. Fuck you. You're a jerk. But um, he has this, he's like, he has this weird ability did you just turn on your camera to gloat at me? Oh, I hate I, I hate both of you right now. Oh god. He's got he literally Justin literally just turned on his camera to give me the biggest shit eating grin of I can't wait till you get to this part of the story. Nigga, fuck you. Um second time I'm interrupted mid mid sentence. Uh fuck. What was I saying? Y'all can't do this to me. I have mental health issues. <laughs> oh shit, now I feel bad. <laughs> um 
So yeah, he he has this ability to control sin eaters. So people are okay with him being this monstrous individual because he keeps them quote unquote safe. Yet he also is not. He's a horrible person. He, he's he's a he's he's a monster from the moment that you meet him. There's nothing redeeming about him. There's nothing. He is just pure awful. And he definitely reminds me of and like the okay, so one thing too that I found really interesting is that each Final Fantasy villain I have Final Fantasy 14 villain I have seen seems to like take parts of other Final Fantasy villains from the various games and then they they find ways of like reshaping them for this game. It's really I really love how they reuse old content in Final Fantasy 14. Oh, God. Yeah, definitely. It, it, it's so you want to talk about reusing old content, right? The setup for Shadowbringers. It starts in 2.0. The next seed is planted in 3.3. We don't get another hint of what it could be until 4.4. It's just been a slow build to this moment. Right. But everything had to have happened to get to this moment. Yes. Yes. It is and extremely important. I'm I'm excited. I I, I want to see where they go from here because it, it's not just 5.0. Like we have this expansion. The story is gonna continue for at least another what year and a half, two years. Yes. Yes. That's about right. Before the next expansion. So It, it I, I, I can't say enough good things about it. If, as we said uh, when we did our preview of Shadowbringers, now that we are here doing, I guess, our first uh, review, this is a great time. If you if you are curious about Final Fantasy, this is a great time to pick it up. Um, play with me. Except we fold. You can't actually, you can't play with us yet. Our server's full. Well, we damn. were the boondocks, but now... We're popping, so wait like a week. Then our server will be empty because everyone else would have left. So then you can play with us. Right, that's about right. All right, then. The entirety of Unreasonable Fridays and the Three-Fifths Podcast fully support any and all Americans purchasing and playing Final Fantasy XIV and purchasing the um, recent expansion, Shadowbringers. And with that, we'd like to move forward as a nation um, playing Final Fantasy XIV. We can all do it. It will be a process, but we have the ability to come together. We've shown it before as a nation to play Final Fantasy. We will go forward with that. That's our dream here at Unreasonable Fridays from us to you. But thank you guys for listening. Have a pleasant day. Lolly ho! Enjoy.
And here's your weekly reminder that the most delicious name in podcasting is also the most delectable name in the art world. Visit etsy.com slash shop slash lost in pandemonium for the latest prints, posters, bookmarks, notepads, and more from our very own bacon. That's etsy.com slash shop slash lost in pandemonium. It reminds me of an ancient African proverb, help bacon by cake.